Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description. After um, that relationship ended, I was about 29, turning 30, and I thought my life was over because I'm 30. <laughs> haven't had these like major milestones yet, which is totally a lie, right? But um, sort of rebelled and had kind of a season of, you know, hanging out at the country line dance bar and <laughs> drinking and had a boyfriend who wasn't a believer and just was being a hypocrite, like attending Bible study fellowship, but living this other life. And mm -hmm. I should know better. I'm one of those kids that grow, grew up in the church. After that, for a little while, I was really fearful because that relationship was ending. And, you know, I was worried about maybe some of the consequences of my sin and that. And it was at that moment when I was broken up with and alone and that I think that's when the Lord really gave me the gift of repentance. This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu. Welcome to another episode of Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for supporting us because if you are listening to this podcast, that's a way that you have been faithfully supporting us or if you're watching on YouTube, that is um, another way that you are supporting our podcast. If you're asking yourself, how can I be supporting your podcast? Well, that's it's very simple. You just can follow our social media account. We have a Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, but you can also subscribe from wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. And another way that you can be helping is by leaving us a review. And as I always mentioned before, the, the reason why it is important for you to leave a review is because it will be helpful for other uh, people who might be researching for podcasts to listen to. So that will let them know, hey, this is a podcast that you should be listening to. And as I always like to begin this podcast with a scripture, today I want to read from Psalm 14. I will let you know which verses I'm going to be reading after I read it. I don't know how far I'm going to go. <laughs> Psalm 14 says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have committed abominable deeds. There is no one who does good. The Lord has looked down from heaven upon the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. And I'm going to leave it up to that. If you're interested to know more of what it says, uh, you can read Psalm 14. And I read verses 1 to 3. And as I was talking to my guests before we, we started recording, um, this is a Bible verse that I 
tend to think about when I hear someone saying, "Hey, I'm not that bad. You know, I I haven't murdered anyone, so I I'm a good person." And just to hear these are the words of our Lord saying that there that He looked down from heaven and there is no one who does good, not even one. And it's just a reminder again every time that you listen to a testimony. The reason why we're doing this is because. Everyone who comes here has acknowledged that they were not good, that they were wretched sinners. I am a wretched sinner and that we all needed a savior. And this is why we come on a weekly basis every Tuesday sharing this testimony of salvation of where we have our guest telling you, hey, this is how I used to be. But then after Christ came into my life, after God gave me even the faith, It's a gift from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I I re- and then he convicted my heart of my sin. Then I realized that yes, I needed a savior that I couldn't restore the relationship with the Lord. And so this is why I want you to be meditating on that that do you have the relationship with Christ or are you an enemy to God? And if you are, then go back to scripture and know that it's not by anything good that you might do we know that the bible says that it's not by works that we are saved but it's through faith in Jesus Christ we have an, another guest today she's a dear friend from church uh, we have sarah the salbo hello everyone <laughs> it's fun to be here i've been enjoying listening to the podcast myself so it's yeah. an honor to be asked to share my testimony thank you so much i know that we've been trying to figure it out the best time and Hey, finally it Today happened. Today was the day. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I was like I think the time that I thought about uh, about asking you if you wanted to share, it was after I also listened to your interview mm-hmm. with uh, Christy Rose as I keep mentioning it's her podcast. I really love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always tell my friends, you know, I even share with my friends, go and listen to her podcast. It's amazing. Andrea also does the audio editing for her. So she's like You know, in both of our podcasts, <laughs> I actually saw Chrissy on Friday and it was like us in this group. <laughs> it was like, is this like a podcast group right here? Conversation. <laughs> so it's just like she has wonderful conversations and I really loved um, that conversation with her. And I was like, hey, maybe I should just reach out to Sarah and see if she will be willing to come and share her testimony. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy to be on the podcast team. <laughs> There you go. Corner. <laughs> Right, you were now in her podcast, and now we're yeah, yeah. So, and if you don't remember the name of her podcast, it's Smiling at the Future. So go and listen mm-hmm. to it, especially if you're single. I mean, I am not single. I'm I'm listening to it. So if you're single, go for it. You know, go for it. Go listen to her podcast, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sarah, mm-hmm. I normally like to uh, begin, uh, you know, the the podcast, just asking my guests to share a little bit about their background, mm-hmm. and that means going all the way to your childhood. What was life like growing up for you? How was your family? Mm-hmm. Were you raised in a believing home? Mm-hmm. And you can go as far as you like. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, yes. Well, I was privileged, blessed to grow up in a believing home. My parents were first-generation Christians, actually, in their families. So my father's mom's side was um, Jewish, and my mom's, my mom's side, they were mostly agnostic. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother on my dad's Side was a Messianic Jew, one of the first to convert to Christianity. And I don't actually remember celebrating um, Shabbat or P- 
Passover or anything, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm grateful to have been raised with parents that were believing parents. They actually were saved at Grace and oh. married in the Spanish chapel. Spanish? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So they're from Burbank, but um, when they were married, they moved up to Santa Barbara. And I remember as a child, um, my parents were really always kind of ministry oriented. Like I was holding a sign up in front of the abortion clinic because my mom was wanting to um, be a believer there. And so lots of experiences like that. They were really good at, um, you know, at Christmas showing us all about the Advent. And my mom used to do the little Easter eggs and Mm -hmm. in each one of them was an object lesson, like the nails and the empty tomb and so I was grateful to have learned so much about Christ and the Bible. As a young child, we attended a free Methodist church. And I don't know if you know much about that denomination. I honestly don't. Yeah. So what did you guys, yeah. like, what did you guys practice? What did you believe there? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So free Methodist is actually Arminian in thought. So you mm-hmm. can lose your salvation. Mm. It's okay for women to preach. It's coming out of um, anti-slavery. So... Mm-hmm. It used to be in the Methodist church that you had to purchase your seat so the richer folks could sit in the front. And so, is that similar to like what they do in the Catholic church? Like, so like they pay, they used to pay for indulgences. Oh, interesting. I don't think so so no. much, but they were um, really focused also on traditions. So okay. the church calendar year was emphasized, time of Pentecost and all this. Um, so, yeah, I remember even as a seven-year-old, the pastor giving a sermon about the fields are white for harvest, the labors are few, who will go? Mm-hmm. And it was a rhetorical question, but as a little person, I'm like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> I like, go. had to kind of learn like, yeah, you're not supposed to say that out loud. Um, so I remember as a young person just having an eagerness for Christ and even one day traveling to LA to visit our grandparents mm-hmm. who lived in Burbank asking my parents, hey, I want to ask Jesus into my heart. So all of that happened as a young person. But I also grew up in a family that um, struggled in different ways, you know, Mm -hmm. struggled with alcoholism and different things. And so it was helpful to kind of watch them struggle with that as believers. Like, how do we respond? How do we repent? And I think that was a lesson in and of itself. But yeah, as far as Becoming a Christian myself, those were sort of my earlier memories of moments with Christ, I guess I would say. And Mm -hmm. in high school, I went to a camp in Fort Collins, Colorado. And I remember standing up and saying, I want to be a believer, a server, a worker for Christ. And even still, there was a night that you could get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And Mm -hmm. I remember standing up and being like, okay, I want that too, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, Fast forward later on, being involved in um, Reality Church, which is a church plant of Calvary Chapel. Mm -hmm. And there was that talk, too, about the second baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I always found that kind of confusing, not Mm -hmm. quite sure um, what the Bible had to say about that. It's funny, because having grown up with so much church experience, I still wasn't totally clear on how to articulate the gospel. Mm. And I think there was... Like many Christian children, you know, all those youth camps and stuff, I kept going forward because I'm like, I got to be sure. I'm not sure. And even one time the youth pastor said to me afterwards, well, why did you go forward? Aren't you already a Christian? And, you know, no one had really under helped me understand assurance. Yeah. And to this day, that 
that youth pastor is no longer a Christian, has converted to Catholicism. So I think all of that is somewhat confusing when you're when you haven't been taught like the doctrines of grace. I went off to Wheaton College for undergrad and got to study there and see lots of different Christians from different countries and that was definitely a blessing in my life. Um, mm-hmm. At the time, I got to be involved with the Christian Service Council and do all kinds of cool outreach and summer trips and things like that. And then coming back from college, um, I was in a relationship that I had hoped to get married, but it ended up that we didn't get married. And after that, I felt just really discouraged. I think I'd put a lot of my hope into the idea of of marriage and that was kind of one of the first times in my life where I felt like I really rebelled. It was sort of like, what's the point of all this, you know, living a good life? And it, it didn't pan out for what I wanted. And during those high school years, I really remember kind of struggling with self-righteousness. Mm. And even my sister, like, calling me out on it, like, mm. you're so self-righteous. And <laughs> I remember being so angry at her. But did feel that feeling of, um, like, I just want people to know that I'm holy and kind of talking that way rather than out of this um, joy for what the Lord has done and an eagerness to obey out of that realization of the gift of faith and repentance. So I always like to say that the verse Philippians 1, 6 is I like my, like my life verse because it says, For I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a work, good work in you, will carry it out to the day of Christ Jesus. And mm-hmm. I love that it says confident because that's that assurance that I think I was really looking for. And also the Lord has taught me that salvation belongs to Him and it's His timing, mm-hmm. you know, so I could try as much as I wanted, but it was really His timing. So after um, that relationship ended, I was about 29, turning 30, and I thought my life was over because I'm 30, <laughs> haven't had these like major milestones yet. Yeah. which is totally a lie, right? But um, anyway, so I sort of rebelled and had kind of a season of, you know, hanging out at the country line dance bar and <laughs> drinking and had a boyfriend who wasn't a believer and just was being a hypocrite, like attending Bible study fellowship, but living this other life. And mm-hmm. I should know better. I'm one of those kids that grow, grew up in the church. So Yeah, after that, for a little while, I was really fearful because that relationship was ending. And, um, you know, I was worried about maybe some of the consequences of my sin and that. And it was at that moment when I was broken up with and alone, and that I think that's when the Lord really gave me the gift of repentance. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, crying out to Him, just finally realizing that I was a sinner. Like, I totally didn't believe I had any sin in my life before that, which is crazy. Now I know there's more and more every day that we need to repent of. But anyway, so I think that was the first moment that I really realized I was a sinner. And so at age 30, that was when I cried out to the Lord for repentance. And He granted me that um, saving grace. And I think that's when He really became Lord of my life. Maybe before that, I had, you know... Um, been a Christian, I'm not totally sure because I had been baptized and really tried. But like I said, I think that was the main moment that I would mark as my day of new birth. Um, And ever since then, it's been just a joy to obey the Lord and follow Him. It hasn't felt 
quite like such a arduous thing or caring so much about what others think, right? But more what the Lord thinks because he's the one that sees. So um, I really saw a marked difference. Like I've been reading through the gospels and it reminds me of the old wineskin and the new wineskin, right? Yeah, it says in Mark, I think it's 2.17, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So Mm -hmm. I learned from that that I was a sinner and he made me righteous. So I praise God for that. And yeah, from then it was sort of this journey um, of trying to find the truth and seeking truth through many different churches. And um, eventually that led me to Grace and my friends, the Kearns, Bob and Marcy and their daughter and son, Michael and Heather, Mm -hmm. all invited me to Foundation Bible Study. And I thought, wow, this is amazing to see all these people, peers my age, they do really love the Lord. So I really felt alone in that. Um, mm-hmm. I remember first coming to Grace and that they had offered an evan- evangelism class. And it's such a crazy thought, but I thought, I really don't even know how to share the gospel, even though I've been in church so yeah. long. So I got to sign up for that. And um, I think that was sort of the marked beginning of these different spiritual mentors in my life. Mm-hmm. So I ended up meeting... Um, Yaroslav Prohitko, he is the leader of the Ukrainian or Russian Bible study, actually, okay. at oh, Grace. Oh, the pastor of the... Oh, yeah. 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 And he was leading a outreach in my local town, the farmer's market, and sharing Bibles, okay. and people would come up. Anyway, I got to do that with him for a couple of years and just learn about how to pray and how to share. Um, so that was something that I think really helped me understand how to proclaim the gospel and defend the gospel. And mm-hmm. ever since then, I think the Lord's really given me a passion for evangelism. So I'm grateful for that class and for Yaroslav and also for Foundation. And I never actually thought I was going to stay after visiting those few times. I thought, <laughs> oh, I have to commute. This is really far. Like, And Pastor Mark said, hey, if you're not a member at a church, you should be a member. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be a member, I want to be a member at this church. <laughs> And so the Lord has had me there now the last seven or eight years, and it's been a joy to fellowship and serve and grow in the doctrines of grace. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that you say because that's where we met. Yeah. <laughs> we met in foundation. I remember I remember her like um she had like her curly like your hair was <laughs> curly and and then I think it was either Mark or someone who brought me up to you and we just like started talking and I remember that at that time also Anya had convinced me to go to the retreat the first retreat <laughs> and you were one of the people that I was able to like you know talk in a retreat and just like really um, made plans to go to a hike and we went on a hike and just like you know just sharing mm-hmm. like our testimonies just with each other but yeah. I am learning even more new things Aww. about you you know like it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I and I love that. And what I find so amazing also is just how you grew up in a believing home, mm-hmm. and you say it wasn't until I was thirty mm-hmm. that I that yeah. Jesus became like the like really mm-hmm. my Lord yeah. and Savior, right? And that you started to notice those changes. Mm-hmm. And I think often that happens a lot in a lot of families that kids, you know, they know the truth and um, they know the gospel. I mean, the gospel has 
been preached to them, you know, either at church or at home. And it's like they hear it over and over and over. But really, it's like what we were listening to today, Pastor John, in in the sermon, right? Mm -hmm. It's not our doing, the gospel. You know, like we preach the gospel, but it's the Lord who does the change, you know, like the surgery, the major major surgery Mm -hmm. in our heart. Yeah, the saving work. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because... Um, I think one of the things I've learned through through actually being involved in many different churches is that there are strengths to every church. I know mm-hmm. sometimes it can feel like trying to be a good Berean and you know calling out things about churches, but every church has its strength. And I've been in churches where they were strong at prayer, and one of the strengths of the Free Methodist Church was that they were strong in abolition. Mm-hmm. So Micah six eight says. You know, this is what the the Lord requires of you to um, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And for a while there, I got involved in that whole anti-human trafficking campaign mm-hmm. through the Free Methodist Church and a prayer and advocacy group. And it was a lot of work. It was a lot of um, trying to educate people, help pass laws, get people to sign petitions, mm-hmm. a lot of um, work on the ground, trying to post the national hotline for human trafficking and things like that. And I talked to a lot of different survivors and um, got educated and sort of the social work of that and was involved Mm -hmm. a little bit with the not for sale campaign. And there's great things people are doing, but I found myself so burdened by that work. And it was interesting because even at one point, one of the slogans of the campaign is whatever you do, do that for the cause of fighting slavery. Mm. And it's weird because after a few years of working on that, I just sort of found myself drained. Mm. And I wasn't sure what I needed to run to, but that was when I took that evangelism class. And oh. now I realize that whatever you do, do that for the gospel, do mm-hmm. that for the cause of Christ. Yeah. Not that that's not valuable work and that will be some people's calling, but I realize in that my calling was more so evangelism, discipleship. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're finally walking in your calling, it feels energizing. It feels joyful. Yeah. So it's good to to realize what it is. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. though you get discouraged and you feel like drained, mm-hmm. you know that you're doing it for the work of the of the Lord. Like yeah. you want people to be safe. Like you know that there are souls that they need to be safe. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember in one of the episodes that we did here. I don't know if it was Romans actually who mentioned uh, something that it's so true. You know, like a lot of people get involved in so many like movements and mm-hmm. tra- which are good, right? Like trying yeah. to bring changes in society, which are positive. Yeah. Like women who are being abused or, yeah. you know, all this kind of movement that there there are there out there. But really what he said is like, but whatever you do, that's not going to change society. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change mankind or the heart of, mm-hmm. of mankind. But it's the gospel. So yeah. yes, get involved in those things, but mm-hmm. use it as a mission field to share the gospel mm-hmm. so that these people can truly be transformed, yeah. so that a true change can happen, mm-hmm. not like a temporary change, you know? Yeah, true healing, transformation. Exactly. Yeah. It's like from the heart of stone to the heart of flesh. Exactly. Yeah. And I want to go back to something to mention. Uh-huh. Um, you said that you kind of went to the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, you... you, you you were living like a double life. Uh-huh. Can relate a lot to that, <laughs> a lot because you know that's like yeah. that. That was my life at some point. 
And it's so important to have people in your life to speak truth and to mm -hmm. call out the sins and to bring you back to scripture. Did you have, were there people in your life, were your parents involved in any way mm -hmm. when they noticed that you walked away from your faith? What yeah. was the process like yeah. for you? Like what kind of people came into your sure. life and, and, and how, how will you advise, what will you advise uh, other mm -hmm. people, how they can be encouraging or calling out yeah. to those people who have walked away from their faith? Well, that's yeah. a really good question. I think it's so important to have accountability in your life, right? Those people mm -hmm. that speak into your life, like... I'm really grateful now I have those sorts of women in my life. Anne Hamilton is one of those women that I go to. And, of course, my mom. and Yeah, my parents did. They, they advised me, you know, don't hang out with this person, and it's only going to lead to wrong. And I actually had a, um, like a group counseling I was involved in mm -hmm. at the time, and they warned me too. And so I was warned, you know, and I was kind of persistent in my rebellion still and had to learn the hard way, unfortunately. Um, but I, I loved what Pastor MacArthur said today that, you know, how does a person remain courageous and not defect? Well, they stand on their convictions. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, you know, not being strong in my convictions, I was susceptible to compromise and sin and even though I had those people speaking into my life. So I think it is important to be strong in your convictions. And, you know, I've heard people say, um, if you're not running to Christ, then in a way you're drifting. Mm -hmm. um, reminds me of Hebrews, right? I have, to, I have to read it, but it's like pursue all the more or be all the more earnest about your faith and about your salvation. It's in chapter one. Ah, it's in chapter two. That's, okay. that's it. For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Or even like thinking of, uh, is it in First Corinthians, uh, what it says, like bad company corrupts good, good morals. morals you yeah. know? It's like whoever you're walking with, you're going to become like that. If you're walking with mm -hmm. people in the world, eventually that's how you'll become. Yeah. So if you want to be more like Christ, if you want to... Be, mm -hmm. be Christ-like, then yes, you need the Word of God, but you also need people, mm -hmm. like you said, that will keep you accountable mm -hmm. to yeah. that. Yeah, I think a lot of us are afraid to speak the truth into people's lives, right? Because mm -hmm. we don't want to offend them, but mm -hmm. there's a verse somewhere that says, like, he who keeps one from stumbling, this is better, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's important to be truth-teller, yeah. right? Speak the truth in love. And also, I think when you say, how how could you avoid this, I It reminds me of the Proverbs, like seek wisdom, seek understanding, search for it, mm -hmm. and think of it as a treasure. And so, um, yeah, I think that goes along with good company. Mm -hmm. We have so many resources for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do. The long and, classes and all. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. So many it, books. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Too many books. Sermons, books, mm -hmm. podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there are so many different resources mm -hmm. that people can be looking into. Mm -hmm. And what about for parents? Mm -hmm. Parents who have, you know, made sure that they're instructing their mm -hmm. kids, you know, in the ways of the Lord, mm -hmm. but yet if they walk away, what will you yeah, yeah what will you tell those parents? Mm -hmm. Like how can they be helped mm -hmm. their kids? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, prayer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Prayer is the main thing. But also I think when you're 
son or daughter does repent or does finally admit the truth, that you show grace and mm-hmm. forgiveness. My parents were really great examples of that because as a child, you don't want to upset them. You don't want to disappoint them. Mm-hmm. And so to admit the truth, you're fearful of that and to be received like Christ does. He forgives and tells us to forgive, right? 70 times mm-hmm. 7. Yeah. So he who's been forgiven much loves much, right? Mm-hmm. And you learn to show that same grace to mm-hmm. others. And it's funny. Sometimes I think I'm so grateful for that time because it really taught me compassion and not to be judgmental. Like, um, I think in a way, sin humbles you, right? Like when you really see your need for repentance. And in a way, I think I needed that in my life. Mm-hmm. So I have regrets about it, but I'm also thankful. It's like Romans eight twenty eight: the Lord uses all things mm-hmm. for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Yeah. yeah. Amen. And so, Sarah, you're mm-hmm. a very talented person. You, uh, you have a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. You serve you. at a church singing, and you play the piano. What other instruments do you play? That's all that I'm going to say on this No, podcast. that's amazing. <laughs> hey, I don't play any instrument. I have no gift for that. But you're such a talented mm-hmm. person, and you're so involved. And I always see you serving our church. I mean, recently I can think of one, like one of my favorite was the 1920s party that she organized, she helped foundation to organize because I love, love <laughs> going, like dressing up, you know, like going back in time. And it was just so beautiful, but yet, you know, all the work that goes behind mm-hmm. it. And just to think, you know, like you are serving the mm-hmm. Lord through all of this, this different areas. Mm-hmm. So can you just... Share a little bit about that, just sure. like in the different ways that you are able to serve your church, what you're currently doing, mm-hmm. and even your job, because yeah. you're a teacher <laughs> also. So even that role as a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, what is it like? Because mm-hmm. you're a believer mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah. So just, yeah. Sure. That's a lot. Okay. Where do I start? <laughs> so let's start with, uh, let's start with just, let's start with the teaching job. Okay, like teaching. as a teacher, Great. like, you know, what is your role with them and yeah. how can you witness to this? Yeah. Kids? yeah. So I'm an elementary school teacher and I've been teaching at a public elementary school for the last seven years. I teach music and drama mainly, mm-hmm. um, to ages five through 12 and it's a small school. You know, they say it takes a village, right? And I think the truth is that school becomes your community, the mm-hmm. parents, and you're, you're all invested in what's best for the child and raising them well. So because I'm in a public school, I'm not as able to be you know, free and clear with the gospel. Mm-hmm. So my opportunities um, are, aren't always obvious, but I try to find ways like February is, I don't know if you knew this, but Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great spirituals that have been written, including Amazing Grace, you know. Oh. I hope that, I mean, that was, there's a hymn of the church, but it's mm-hmm. considered in the world's eyes a spiritual. Mm-hmm. So, for example, that'd be a great teaching tool. And my only hope and prayer is that someone will ask me, what's grace? You know? <laughs> yeah. And so you can share if a child asks you, or you can say, hey, I'd love to share more with you about that. Come see me after three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been interesting the last three years, not only the pandemic, but prior to that, we had the Thomas fire and mm-hmm. shortly after that, some flooding and in the flooding, we lost, uh, two of our students died. It was really an interesting experience to mm-hmm. see, um, in one night deaths that happened 
multiple families. One of our little kindergartners, he died, his little sister died, his dad died, and his grandfather died all in one day. So his mom and grandmother were left these widows, and we were attending these funerals of multiple family members, and there's just a lot of grief. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely a clear opportunity the Lord gave. We got to sing this little light of mine at the memorial and had a coworker who asked me about what I had said in a prayer. We had this prayer time at the Santa Barbara Mission. So the Lord provides in these different ways. And um, I have a mom that I regularly hike with, Mm -hmm. and she and I have had some opportunity for spiritual conversation, recently got to share the gospel with her. So Mm -hmm. just kind of life on life opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And how, okay, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting all this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, and so what role did you play there? Like, what other opportunities did you have? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, in time of loss, and mm-hmm. what was that process like even for all oh. of you there at the school? Yeah, I, I think it's funny because in the last five years, certain colleges now offer a degree in disaster management. Like, that wasn't a oh, really? degree that existed even a decade ago. Um, wow. Yeah, and I admire my boss's leadership through a lot of these difficult times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without vision, the people perish. So that, I think all those experiences have bonded us as a community. And mm-hmm. people that were very wealthy lost their homes, lost everything, didn't have a place to sleep. You know, it, it was a very um, leveling kind of experience. And mm-hmm. the realization that we need one in, one another. Yeah. In fact, one of our neighbors used to blare every day at um, 12 o'clock, ain't no mountain high enough, just to like lift the spirits of everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, and then of course we've had memorials for that every mm-hmm. year and I've been on part of that team mm-hmm. with my children's choir singing. Yeah. So music is such a neat way to bring joy to a community. And I have a quote on my door at school that says, music, um, it gives words that emotions can't express in a way. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's yeah. been, I think, my calling in life and a joy. I love teaching. I love, um, in fact, I took a personality test once that said you can be aggressive at helping people reach their potential. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I got to chill. <laughs> but it works well as a teacher. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I love my role in um, productions, just with drama that's probably why I was yes. able to serve at church in that 1920s party. Just mm-hmm. that's sort of the hat I wear is creating musicals and all the elements that go with that. Yeah. Costumes and sets and yeah, all the production. In fact, Andrea's helped me in some of my school productions and play drums. Oh, yeah. nice. We appreciate that. People didn't know that about <laughs> She is. Oh, a she, they do. Drummer. They do. <laughs> in our episode with uh, Dwayne. We said it. We talked about that, that you're a drummer. Yes, we did. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. she's a drummer. (laughs) Yeah, and actually, let's see, other people from church have helped with my job. Um, Dylan Gavin, he's helped mix and edit sound. Mm -hmm. Last year, um, since we were all on Zoom, we actually performed the musical all through Zoom, and kids were recording their audio on Soundtrap.com. So lots of multi-track recording. (laughs) He helped me out a lot because that was like, yeah, I feel like all these disasters have yeah. all of a sudden 
put me in this new spot of like ready, set, learning curve, figure out how to create a film. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't have any training in that. So you can come here and yeah. I'll tell I'll help you <laughs> with the little skills. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's amazing. So now that you're kind of mm -hmm. like introduced also the you know, like what you did, yeah, what you've done, like mm -hmm. the events and things like that. So tell yeah, me sure. a little bit about the ministries, the different ministries that you're involved in the church. Yeah. Yeah. So I get to sing in the choir whenever we can sing. It's a little different now with COVID, right? Mm -hmm. But um, it was really a privilege to be under Clayton Herb's baton in mm -hmm. maybe the last couple of years, really, of his ministry. And also now with Bill Brandenstein. And it's such a fun place to be and You know, the Lord gives us the gifts that we can edify the church. So I think um, I developed a love for music at an early age. My dad is a phenomenal pianist. He's a mm. jazz pianist. And Ooh. so we've always had that connection. And um, he's really modeled for me worship, like practices hours to play the piano for church on Sunday. And yeah, so I, I know that worship is more about the heart, but it's also giving God your best and excellent mm -hmm. worship. So Yeah, I think all of us as musicians would say we practice and that's a way mm -hmm. we can serve well. And yeah. I think it's important too to meditate on the words and kind of pray through those words and mm -hmm. remember the jewels of those truths. Yesterday I was playing the song, I Will Arise and Go to Jesus. And I was like, oh my gosh, the <laughs> choir, the master's choir sang it this morning. <laughs> There's just a beautiful arrangement yeah. by Mark Hayes of yeah. that piece. And So yeah, worship as a lifestyle, I think when your gift is music, mm -hmm. then it's very natural, whether mm -hmm. you're singing or playing. But I don't know if others in the church would say the same thing, but I, got, I sort of feel like all the worship and the preparation happens during the week. And then when you get up there to do what you need to do, you're just serving like mm -hmm. anyone else. You're doing your job, trying to stay focused and clear. And it's not always the most worshipful moment for me. But I think it's because I'm providing it so everyone else can have that experience yeah. and yeah. just doing my role as singing soprano or whatever. And I think um, also, yeah, just that lifestyle of, of worship and being diligent to hone your craft. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And how about, because you mentioned that you're also in leadership, like in a small group mm -hmm. of ladies that you're... Um, that you're leading yeah. a foundation. Mm -hmm. What does that entail for yeah. you? How do you, you know, um, what I are think, some of the responsibilities? Yeah. How do you have to prepare yourself? Oh, man, I think it's honestly one of the toughest things that I've had to do in life because it's, it requires a lot of time and prayer and sacrifice and planning ahead. And, you know, sometimes if life is busy and I haven't done my job, you'll see that, The small group won't go as well that day. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be discouraging because other people get busy and don't show up and you're like, oh, I'm so prepared. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think that's really matured me a lot mm -hmm. as a believer because you have to study. So you have something to contribute. And even just in facilitating, they come up with questions or they might miss a certain point and you have mm -hmm. to be ready for that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think small group is being a small group leader is a great thing if you want to grow in your knowledge of scripture. Mm -hmm. I had a girl in my group who was more knowledgeable than me about theology, and that also caused me to kind of step up and go, All right, I got to look at my biblical doctrines book <laughs> and know yeah. what this is speaking towards. So, yeah, it challenges you, right? Yeah. To 
teach yourself, prepare mm-hmm. yourself so that you are able to then teach yeah. them, right? You can't teach what you don't know, uh-huh. right? So it's preparation yeah. and like really growing. Mm-hmm. Make I'm, sure that you're growing. Yeah. I'm reading through, my family has a little Bible study and we're reading through um, the 12 ordinary men, all about the disciples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we just read about Peter and Pastor MacArthur points out the qualities of a leader using Peter as an example. And those things are like inquisitive, um, bold, decisive. And the Lord definitely had to mold Peter's character. Mm -hmm. But even that first one, inquisitive, like learning how to ask good questions. I think Mm -hmm. that's such an important quality of a leader to be curious. And you're, you're great at doing that, Arlenis, on your podcast. And People need people need that sometimes to get to the heart of, of the issue, like those prompting, yeah. guiding questions. Yeah. So something that I listened, that I heard in uh, Chrissy's uh, podcast mm-hmm. yeah. is obviously you're an adventurous person. <laughs> She's always doing something. You're single. You're not married yet. Yeah. And like you said, like sometimes, you know, for a lot of women, singleness can become... Uh, struggle it can become sometimes an idol Mm -hmm. and it can become sometimes like i don't know what to do with my singleness Mm -hmm. so can you share with Mm -hmm. our single ladies out there how has the lord used your singleness Mm -hmm. and how have you used your time as a single woman Mm -hmm. like what are some of the things that you've done how have you made (laughs) the best of your time as Mm -hmm. a single woman sure well i guess the immediate thought that comes to mind is Something that struck me so much about the disciples is Jesus says he came and he called them and he said, follow me. And immediately they left their fishing boat to follow him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that maybe a lot of us struggle with is just learning to say yes right away to what the Lord is asking you to do. And it may sound trite to say, but as singles, you do have that kind of time. And just even you asking me about how I've been able to serve in the church I've been able to say yes because of being a single. And I think lately that quote by C.T. Studd has been in my mind, only one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think it's important to kind of ask God, what is my calling, right? Like Mm -hmm. as a married woman, your calling is to serve your husband. And as a a single woman, your calling is to serve the Lord with the time Mm -hmm. you have. So all of us need to give an account for... Mm-hmm. the resource of time and what we did. I think um, being a single woman, I've had that kind of time to invest into other women and to seek, seek counsel from other women and use my time for for kingdom purposes, which has been a blessing. I realize mm-hmm. there's blessings on both sides and trials on both sides. And yeah. um, it really touched my heart this morning when the Master's Chorale said, sang that song about, I'm not alone, Christ is always with me. And one of those lines I love from the song I referred to, I will arise and go to Jesus, is that he will embrace me in his arms. Like Mm -hmm. We all can have that love and comfort and joy from the Lord. And I think really um, whatever it is you desire, fill in the blank, right? Um, We all want to be happy. We want to be satisfied and fulfilled. Yeah. But you have used your time... (laughs) definitely great in serving the Lord, but Mm. there are other things also for personal pleasure that you have done. So tell me a little bit about those adventures, places you visited. I don't know. Just tell Uh me a little bit about that. Like some fun things that you have done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. I think I am a kind of person who likes newness. I'm not like happy with routine. 
Mm-hmm. So that kind of um, inspires me or motivates me, I guess, to try new things and go new places. I haven't really done that much of that with COVID, but <laughs> um, yeah, I've gotten to visit some places in the world. And, Which ones? Yeah. Names, juicy details, uh-huh. all the details. Okay, right. <laughs> Take um, me with you on, yeah. your, on your fun experiences. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, two other girls from church and I were kind of travel buddies. We called ourselves dirt bags because <laughs> we all like to get dirty. <laughs> and do outdoorsy kinds of things. So those two gals and I decided, let's do the trip of a lifetime and go to Patagonia. I mean, you see the brand, it's like, what is it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So we flew down to the Chilean side and did the W circuit there. Mm -hmm. And I just love South America. I'd like to explore more more of it, but um, I don't speak Spanish as fluently as you. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> do you, do you un, speak un poquito. Spanish? Un poquito. Okay. <laughs> you know, my family's at my dad's side. We have some Italian, some Russian. I don't know as much Russian. I know like two words, thanks to the Brujitos and Anya. But um, <laughs> mostly I can speak more Italian. And that's similar in a way. Some words that are similar. Yeah. Grazie, gracias. Stuff yeah. Like that. So I was able to get by a little bit down there. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was amazing. You know, they have these rivers and you just dip your Nalgene and drink because mm-hmm. the water is actually that pure. Like you don't need a life straw. Like, what? Where am Mm-mm. I? No, so you just drink the water. Yeah. Remember. Got, to, got to kayak near the um, Columbia Ice Fields, this big oh. glacier. It's the third largest ice field in the world. Nice. And it was so cold. We had to like wear our clothes and wear a wetsuit over our clothes, wetsuit gloves to hold the kayak because it was so cold and yeah just fun memories with them exploring I I love seeing the larger world right because you praise God for who he is as creator and then when you get to see more of that it's like your praise increases you know Mm -hmm. just to know who he is Mm -hmm. in a different land in a different language yeah and I think there's certain lands where I've been in and I feel like down because it's just spiritually dark there. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that a lot in Europe, in different mm-hmm. places of Europe. But yeah, I would say Patagonia is cool. I definitely recommend it. You got to go. Tell me the names of the countries that you have visited. Some of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, least. let's see. I visited Chile, Morocco, South Africa, uh, Myanmar, STM yeah, with, yeah. with church, which was awesome. Ireland, um, Italy. Mexico, Canada, those are easy ones. Wow. they're right near the U.S. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, it's like, you see, like, what can you do in your singleness? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, enjoy the time and travel, mm-hmm. get to know different places. Yeah. And, but yet, also, like, serving the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And so, Neymar, you said, so that was a mission trip, right? Yeah. So, how did that go for you guys? Tell me one of the best memories that you have from sure. that mission trip. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Myanmar's in the news right now. I'm sure everybody's heard. Um, so it was God's timing, right, when it was more safe to travel when we did. Mm-hmm. But we were there to support the B family, missionaries mm-hmm. at Grace Church. And their kids are a part of a school there. And it's a Christian school, even though it's a very, um, it's not a Christian nation by any means. Mm-hmm. They have one of the largest 
pagodas there, which is a Buddhist temple. Mm. It's called okay. the Shwegadan Pagoda. Mm. I was really, I'll never forget seeing people offering water offerings to gods and literally laying prostrate before Buddhas and mm. teaching their children to do the same. And, mm-hmm. you know, you read those verses in the Old Testament about idols as being having eyes but not being able to see, ears and not hearing. And that really became clear for me there, um, seeing that. Mm-hmm. And even though we are a Christian nation, right, in some respect, um, the Christians there are definitely in the minority. So yeah. anyway, it was just a blessing to work at the school there and these bright, beautiful young teachers, they're doing the best with what they have. And it's eye-opening to realize that we go to these schools and we have four-year degrees and then we get a credential and then you have the BITSA program and you clear your credential and you have professional development. They had one month of school, studied for a test, and you're a teacher. Wow. So one of our professional development projects with them was learning to write a lesson plan. Yeah. And I just realized, gosh, we have so much here in America in Mm. education and access to it and resources. Makes you appreciate everything that you have. Yeah. Coming from a, you know, Dominican Republic and seeing everything how it is, just how difficult it is for even for some people to get food, you know, or, I mean, yeah, I think sometimes we can get so comfortable here and just take a lot of things for granted. So that's a good reminder Mm -hmm. that there are people out there. One story I got to share is early one morning we were going for a run and the missionary there was kind of showing us the city and we saw an accident, a bicycle and a motorcycle collision. Mm -hmm. And the man on the bicycle was laying on the ground and no one was helping him. The bicycle was mangled and everything. And we were all kind of waiting to see what would happen. And the missionary went out to help him, to help him get up, almost like the Good Samaritan, you know. And once he did, everyone else did. Later I asked him, like, why didn't anyone help him? And he says, well, there, the first person to help is the guilty party. So no one wanted to be considered responsible mm-hmm. and having to pay the fines and everything. Yeah. So I just saw in that moment, wow, what an opportunity he had, you know, to be the hands and feet of Christ mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. Man. And Dominican Republic will, will be different. In Dominican Republic, it will be probably something staged during the night so they can rob you. So <laughs> oh, wow. that's why it will be like. Corruption. You, you will think about it, like, should I help or should, should I not? Because it has happened and mm-hmm. it's dangerous. Like, yeah. you know, you'll be, it just, don't, it doesn't make you feel safe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's very dangerous. Um, but I was going to say, too, one of the neat things there is there are missionaries there translating the gospel into many dialects. There's still dialects that don't yet have scripture. Yeah. Wow. And they're dedicating their lives to that, which is really neat. And, and it's a country I'm sure you've heard of much of the internal conflict but Mm -hmm. yeah it was so neat to see to see that you know you think of Wycliffe Bible translators as something in the past but no Mm -hmm. it's it's happening it's still happening now everyone might hear the gospel and then the Lord would come so yeah yeah well praise the Lord that they're doing it right and well talking about books and talking about the Bible my next question is in regards to books yeah what are some of your favorite books or books that you're reading uh, right now yeah okay I'm going to go with books that I'm reading right now. Okay. <laughs> um, right now I'm reading The Twelve Ordinary Men mm-hmm. about the disciples and just finished a book by, oh gosh, it's called No Other Name, All About the Attributes of God. Mm-hmm. 
it's a great, it's great for encouraging your faith in who God is, his providence, his sovereignty, his omniscience, all these things. And what else am I reading? Uh, a book about courage by Wayne Mack, mm-hmm. Fighting Fear with Fear is the subtitle. And I just want to grow in my courage. Mm-hmm. Not not so much to be bold to proclaim the name of Christ, but just to be decisive and not fear the future so much, mm-hmm. but grow in my trust and dependence on the Lord and sensitivity to His Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. That was a book from the biblical counseling class, actually. The the one that of by Wayne Mack? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Perfect. There's so many great books. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I can be really critical. And I'm like recently learning, all right, when you have that critical thought, turn it into a prayer. Yes. You know, I actually just started, again, a gratitude journal just to mm-hmm. teach my mind to develop that discipline. Yeah. To be thankful. And my next question is, what are three things that brings you joy? Three things that bring me joy. Just three. Okay. <laughs> I always tell people three. <laughs> people have a list sometimes, so just it's fun. <laughs> um, snowboarding. Recently, I've been enjoying that. Being outdoors, you know, it's fun mm-hmm. and it's like an adrenaline rush. And <laughs> it's just beautiful to be in the mountains. Secondly, I would say friends. I think COVID has really shown us all that. Maybe I took mm-hmm. friends for granted earlier, mm-hmm. but we need them. We need each other to survive, mm-hmm. you know. Third thing, matcha. Matcha, matcha. lattes. <laughs> Caffeine. I love this. <laughs> Caffeine. Caffeine brings me joy. <laughs> of course, Christ and the church. And yeah, that's the biggest one. Lately, in thinking about James Coates being incarcerated, I sometimes have this thought like, what, is it, what if this is our last Sunday? You know? Mm-hmm. And what is the psalm that says, better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere? Mm-hmm. It's amazing how it's really restored the joy of our salvation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and just like if anyone can be praying for him. He's a pastor in Canada, in Grace Life Church in Canada, and he was arrested because he was preaching and uh, because it exceeded the limit of people, I guess. 15% that capacity. 15, yeah. And so mm-hmm. uh, apparently, the well, what we, I heard, oh, I've been reading online also is that uh, they will let him go only if he promised them not to go back and preach. Basically, and he's like, no, I will go back and preach. And so they will keep him. And uh, I think it's just for us a reminder, you know, that we will be persecuted. And this is persecution for him and his church. And um, today, uh, uh, the associate pastor, Jacob, right, that's Mm -hmm. his name, um, he he preached. I don't know what's going to happen. So uh, please just be praying for them, for him and his family and the church and Jacob and James Coates. And then Aaron is his uh, wife. And, oh, James's wife is Aaron? Uh Uh-huh. Jacob, okay. No, Aaron's, uh, sorry, uh, James' wife is Aaron. Yeah, because I've been following her on social media now. A lot of people, there are some people that I know on social media, they're friends with them. So just kind of been learning about it more uh, through social media. Um, But yeah, just be praying for them. I do um, want to say, I got a message from Jacob, and he, I have to share what he said because it's so inspiring. Please, yeah. You know, I, he said, yeah, I'm taking up the torch, and I'm uncertain of the consequences of that, but certain of the rewards thereafter. Mm-hmm. And I just was inspired by his courage. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it goes to the convictions, right? Uh, our convictions. Are we truly rooted um, in in Christ? Like, you know, it's where is our foundation? Is yeah. it in Christ or is it in this world? Because we know as Christian, this is not our home. Yeah. And are we going to remain faithful when persecution comes? Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. that's the big question for all of us. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you thank so you much. Thank you for having me. It was a joy. <laughs> thank you. And you know, I, something that it's been in my mind just in, in hearing your testimony is that in the beginning you said that um, you didn't even know how to share the gospel. You're, you know, like you were, you were not sure like how to, you know, articulate it. Articulate mm-hmm. it. And then you did say then that you uh, had the opportunity to share the gospel with one of your teachers. And I'm pretty sure that you have shared with other people. But it's amazing to see that when we, when Christ truly become our Lord mm. and Savior, those are some of the changes mm. too that we get to see, the fruit that we get to mm. see, right? That we're, we're passionate and we want you know, the, the, the world to know about Christ and we want them to be saved and we want them to come to know this Christ that we are following. Yeah. So how amazing is that? I really Praise love God. that. Praise <laughs> the Lord. And thank you so much again. Yeah. Thank you for uh, to all of you guys for listening or watching. And Sarah, will you close us in prayer? I'd love to. Yeah. Dear Lord, thank you for being our shepherd, our Abba, the one who is in control when our lives might seem uncertain. Thank you for your glorious gospel and the treasure and joy that it gives us. Thank you for all the creative ways you've given us to serve you and serve our church with these different gifts and pray that you would bless this podcast, ordinary people with extraordinary lives that you might have the glory. We ask all this in Jesus name. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description.